Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT here at the 32nd Annual Union County Crime Stoppers Barbecue. They're going to be slinging queue until 5 p.m., so uh, head on down to the Union County Ag Center in Monroe, um, and uh, we'll see you there. We'll we'll see you here, actually, because I'm here. Uh, Winter Bowl will be coming in and uh, doing uh, doing a show live from here as well, so come on by and say hi. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. Email is Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. So there's a lot of stuff happening up on Capitol Hill regarding the border and the budget and the Ukraine and uh, the Israel. So uh, this is from thehill.com. And uh, look, I, I don't know all of the inner workings and machinations here going on with the negotiations between uh, all of the leaders, Right. And, and you got all of this jockeying. So all the only thing I try to keep in mind on all of this stuff is what are the incentives? What are people's incentives? Because when you get people that are, you know, fighting over uh, approaches and strategies and tactics and they're having these fights, um, you always have to keep in mind what their incentives are. So, Speaker Mike Johnson, he is now under pressure from conservatives and Trump to reject this emerging bipartisan border package and Ukraine aid package, even as he gets the squeeze from the Senate GOP and the White House. They're leaning on him to, to adopt it. Republican senators in support of the deal, Republican senators... They argue that the leverage of Ukraine aid has given them a unique opportunity to secure key border reforms from a Democrat administration. Right? I mean, that's, that's the play that they are hyping. Okay? And it makes sense. Right? You've got a Democrat who, uh, like, and I've got this report here also from the House Judiciary Committee on the data about the, the border crisis. I've read it. It's, uh, what, uh, eight pa- t- nine pages long. I've, I've got the highlights, have the data. It's a mess. It's chaos. It's an invasion. So you got a Democrat, though, that has been keen to follow these policies that have yielded these results. So how do you get that administration, this administration, and the Democrats that support him, how do you get them to fix some of these problems? You're going to have to give them something that they want. And I don't like it any more than you do. I wish that they w- would see the problem, would value American sovereignty, and then they would turn around and say, okay, yes, let's secure the border. We should you know, stop doing the thing that we have been doing. But they're not going to do that. Right? They, they, they couldn't even do it with the hooties, let alone the blowfish. Right? They, would, they, just, they wouldn't do it. They, they couldn't even bring themselves to redesignate the Houthis as uh, a foreign terrorist organization. They gave them like this kind of half-measure status, which basically doesn't have any kind of ramifications. Because everything that the orange man did was bad, so they undid all of it. 
And they can't now say that, okay, maybe we made a mistake, because then that would indicate that the orange man may not have been completely bad, right? Can't have that, especially because orange man's running for re-election against their guy. The, yeah, the triple thick shake lover. So, anyway, you've got, uh, uh, you've got this deal that's being worked out, which is you give us taxpayer money for the Ukraine, and we'll allow for border security. Or reforms is how the Hill says it. <laughs> I, yeah, the Hill. Um, and, and look, we don't know what all the details are of, of whatever they're hammering out. Mike Johnson has been touting what passed the House uh, several weeks ago. He wants those measures implemented, which to me sounds like a pretty reasonable thing to ask. Like, look, the, we had a bill. I think it was HR2, right? They ran the bill through, and they were like, this is what you should do. The remain in Mexico, uh, you know, uh, dismantle this, um, uh, this, uh, this catch-and-release asylum program you've been doing. Like, essentially go back to what Donald Trump did as president. Put those measures back in place in order to stem the tide. And... Democrats are like, hell no, we're not doing that. But what if, what if you could bribe Joe? I'm just kidding. We all know you could bribe Joe. No, like, but what if you could bribe him with Ukraine money? Like, what if you say, hey, I'm going to put a figure on this piece of paper. I'm going to slide it across the table to you. Okay. I'm just going to put a number here. It's for the Ukrainians. And we know, you, we know you like the Ukrainians. You and your son, you did some work over there. So we're going to put a number here, and uh, you help out the Ukrainians who help you out, and in exchange, we secure America's borders. <laughs> right? Like, I don't, again, I'm not a fan. I would not prefer it be this way. But you have to, like, what did Rush always say? He's the mayor of Realville, right? You got to live in the real. This is... This is the. I, I, I'm wondering if this is the only way that we're going to be able to get anywhere close to border security. That being said, see, here's my problem: is I see too many of the angles, and then I present these angles, and people get frustrated because they're like, "Oh, well, what are you telling us?" Like, I'm just telling you, there's a lot of different angles to see here. Okay, what are the incentives? Well, what happens if they go along with this deal? If Democrats do take the deal, let's say the Republicans say, here you go, here's, uh, I think it's like $100 billion for Ukraine and Israel. $100 billion. That, and that's a lot of broadband internet to rural areas. But anyway, $100 billion we're going to give to these two foreign countries in their existential fights, right? The, the, fight, the fight for their lives. $100 billion. And in exchange, we're going to do some border reforms. Does that then give the Democrats something to run on in 2024? They will then say, hey, we did this thing. We secured the border. We led the bipartisan effort. And it takes the issue off the table for them because anytime someone says, oh my gosh, the border's chaos, it's a mess, they could just turn around and say, yeah, but that's why we passed this, this deal. That's why we did this deal, to fix it. Look at us. We're fixing problems in a bipartisan way. See, so the incentive structure is aligned for Republicans to be against that. Because if you take the issue off the table, it removes one of the most potent issues that Republicans are running on, particularly Donald Trump, right? If this, if this issue gets quote-unquote solved, which I don't buy that it gets solved, but 
if the issue gets taken off the table. Because once, look, you and I both know, as soon as some deal is done, then media and Democrats, but I repeat myself, they will automatically set the narrative, which will then calcify, which is that, check the box, the president fixed it. President led a bipartisan effort to reform all of this, and so the issue just goes away. It's not going to get asked about in any debates. I'm just kidding. There's not going to be any debates. We're not going to get any debates in the geriatric rematch. Not going to happen. So you're not going to get any uh, 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 questions from Peter Ducey at the press conferences and stuff. And if they, if he does ask, he, well, Peter might ask, but nobody else will. But let's say Ducey from Fox News throws out the question about problems at the border. Uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, she's just going to say the same thing. You know, well, we already did. We already did that. We addressed it. We fixed it. Joe Biden's awesome. As we've been clear, as I've been clear, let me be clear. And she flips through the pages and reads the the copy points. So there's an incentive against doing a deal, even if it's a good thing for the border security issue. The situation, according to The Hill, leaves little space to operate for Speaker Johnson, who retains a historically slim House majority and is already dealing with rumblings about a move to oust him. So here's another question about incentives. Right? For the House Freedom Caucus members, the most conservative members of the House, um, their incentive is to make these rumblings about vacating the chair again. One of their own, Mike Johnson. This was the guy they all got behind, Mike Johnson. But now because he did a short-term funding extension, a continuing resolution through March that he says is designed to give the House committees and the Senate committees more time to do their appropriations budgets, which is, quote, regular order. That's the way you want this stuff to usually happen, but we haven't done this for, like, 15 years or something. So we've been running on continuing resolutions, which has allowed the spending to go out of control. We have to return to regular order. That has to happen. Johnson is making the argument that you don't want to shut the government down right now, so let's do the short-term resolution, get the continuing resolution, get a short-term funding fix for a couple more months, and give the committees more time to finish what they're doing. And the House is actually pretty far along. I uh, forget how many they've done. I think it's something like uh, six or nine. They've got like, they, they don't, I think they've done a majority. The majority of their committees have done their budgets. The Senate is farther behind. They have not done, I think they've done like one. <laughs> like the, uh, I forget how many there are total, maybe a dozen or maybe nine, something like that. You're supposed to work through the budgets in the committees, and then they get ratified by the, uh, the, the whole House or, or Senate, and then you go to conference and you hammer out any of those differences. That has not been happening for a very, very long time, and they've been governing by these continuing resolutions and, uh, and threatening shutdowns and fiscal clips and everything else. And what that means is these omnibus bills where they stuff everything into one big bill, and then everybody feels like they have to vote for it, because if you don't vote for it, then your opponents in the election will turn around and say, oh, that one thing that was in that omnibus spending bill that you voted against, that's a good thing. Veterans funding. He voted against veterans. So nobody wants that smear campaign against them incentives. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, 
camping and hiking supplies even, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? The email is Pete at the PeteCalendarShow.com. Uh, let's head over to uh, Ye old Phone Lines, and let's talk with Robert. Hey, Robert. Good afternoon, Pete. Uh, that was a nice montage of our president yesterday in <laughs> Raleigh. I, I certainly want him defeated, but I think uh, I think it's always good that we welcome uh, to our great state the our president, vice president, other uh, national principals like that, obviously, Vice President Harris was uh, here last week, and then mm-hmm. our president was here yesterday. Um, I learned something yesterday that I didn't know because I was reading about that visit. The The North Carolina Democratic chair is a young lady. Uh, I believe her name is, I'm going from memory, Clayton, I believe it's Anderson. Clayton Anderson. Clayton Anderson. Oh, pardon me, pardon me. And so I know she's 26 years old, and... Um, I follow politics closely, but I did not know that. And I, I even sent her, a, when I learned that, I sent her a tweet, uh, congratu- I mean, earnestly, sincerely congratulating her on that on that achievement, And uh, because I think that's amazing to attain that office at, at that age. And I just wondered if you knew that, and I just wondered mm-hmm. if you know anything about her and uh, what makes her a Democrat, et cetera. Yeah, so Clayton Anderson became the youngest uh, chair of a state party, I think, in in America, and uh, she beat Bobby Richardson, uh, who was a former congresswoman, I believe, and had been in the position for uh, one or two cycles or something. And a lot of people were blaming her for the uh, for the defeats that uh, Democrats have suffered in the state. And so uh, Clayton Anderson, along with a lot of the youth. Uh, movements and caucuses and such inside the Democrat Party. Uh, she came on and defeated Bobby Richardson, who had all these endorsements from, like, uh, my good friend Ray Cooper, uh, Josh Stein, like all like all of the congressional delegation uh, delegations. So they were all on board for Bobby Richardson, uh, but she lost. So Clayton Anderson takes over, and her whole focus has been, she says, on getting rural voters to vote Democrat. So she's like all about this rural outreach. And as far as I can tell, uh, the the biggest uh, 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 persuasion argument she's making is she says y'all a lot. So um, I think that's the strategy. Just say y'all a lot to, to voters and, uh, and, and tell them that you're from a rural county yourself. And I think that's going to make them all ignore all of your policies. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, I think I saw her tweet from Roxborough. Uh, um, I, I asked her in my tweet, first of all, why is she a Democrat? And you, you explained it very well. I, I didn't know really anything about her, and I'm impressed. You do know, obviously, quite a bit about her. But I also asked her, the second part uh, of my tweet to her was, do you, do you believe that young women like yourself in today's United States should should be willing and able and happy to have children because I've heard unfortunately and I think very I think profoundly sadly I've heard a lot of women her age say that they are just uh, they're not planning to have kids because they're so concerned about the environment and I just mm. I just wonder I sincerely wonder what she thinks about that for someone who is in that position in, in the Democrat party what did she respond no. Yeah. 
Now, tell her you live in a rural area. Maybe she will. Uh, maybe she'll respond. Uh, Robert, I appreciate the call. And uh, truth be told, I uh, I do sometimes refer to her as uh, as as Chairwoman Sippy Cup. I okay. It's a cheap shot, yes, but I take them. Uh, Pete Callender here at the Union County Agricultural Center in Monroe, and uh, we are here for the 32nd annual Union County Crime Stoppers Barbecue uh, event, the annual event, and with me is the president of said event, Reed Helms. How are you, sir? Bad, sir. Hang on a second. Your audio is not up. Try again. Try about now. All righty. Now I can hear you. Now everybody can hear you. Actually, I could hear you before... <clears throat> Nobody else could though. So, um, what do we uh, what are we looking like today? We've got how many uh, 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 how many people have come out, and how many were you expecting? We it's a large crowd. I'd say it's probably the biggest we ever had. Uh, the guy helping you echo. I'll echo what he says. Uh, we still got some barbecue left. Uh, we'll be here till five o'clock. You can pick it up or walk in and sit down. We got a, a bluegrass group's going to start singing in about an hour, and they'll be playing music. So. Come on out and enjoy it with us and support a program that pays off. Were they the same band that was playing earlier? We got to know this is oh, a, it's a different, different band. Yeah. Okay, they were good. The last band you guys had up yeah. there, I was listening in earlier. It was good. Uh, they were real good. And uh, so you've got barbecue, slaw. It's like one, it, it all comes in one tray. Uh, were they run? Did I see you guys running like a drive through line or something out back? We got a takeout at the backside with all signs. You won't have any problem. Uh, and we got officers working the. Uh, intersections has guided you right in, so you shouldn't have any problem. And so, 32 years y'all have been doing this, I guess, except for like the pandemic year. Well, we done a curb in. You did the okay curb. So, um, what was the what was the reason for starting this, and why has it been so successful year after year, continuing? Well, this program was started in 1976 in uh, Mexico. Prior to that, you wait, had wait, Mexico, Mexico, by one lone officer in. Uh, when, when I was a chap police back in the late 60s and 70s, you had no money to pay a, a snitch. You just, sometimes you get lucky. But Dr. Paul Helms, July the 10th, 1981, started this program. And Union County was the second one in North Carolina that uh, got a nonprofit for, on this. And uh, we, we tried for years and years, and finally we had a barbecue, and the rest is history. So you started the barbecues. That raises the money, and then that pays people... To call in tips? Right. Okay. How you, successful has that operation been? Well, has Crime Stoppers been? It's been successful for 32 years. Hmm. Uh, we've solved a many a terrible crime. It's unreal, uh, the tips you get when a, cr- a murder case comes in. But uh, a lot of them have been bad, bad. One was a 12-year-old, one was a 13-year-old. And both of them, one killed with a bow and arrow, and other killed with a spray of bullets. But we, good police work and a tip... Uh, a, a lot of tips. You might get part of an old in a wreck, like a hit and run. If you just get some, or you can get a partial tag number. Anything that will get an officer to get started. You got to have something. Mm-hmm. But uh, we've been lucky. We've been very fortunate. And with people like Todd Johnson, oh, he just he, saw him walk by. He supports our program, uh-huh. and he's done a lot for Union County. And we appreciate Todd helping us. Yeah. So. Uh, I th- it, so Crime Stoppers is anonymous, though, right? Like right. I can call in and right. leave a tip. So then, how does the money, if there's a money, if there is some reward or whatever, how does that get back to me? Do you okay. know? You call the red phone at the sheriff's office, okay. and when you call, all they want to know is what you know about a crime. Okay. 
They don't ask your name, your address. They don't ask you if Aunt Myrtle Beans is coming up. They, that's all they want to know. And then if the crime happened in Waxhaw or Stalin or Monroe or Union County, they divert it to that off that department. Then they take it from there. And that, that call in is signed a number. And he goes by a number, not a name. Okay. And we, we get the money to him. Interesting. Okay. Um, and so uh, if people want to come down here, we are at the uh, Agriculture Center in Monroe. By the way, is this where it's always been, been here? Held? Been here for, we didn't start out here, but I'd say for the last 15 years we've been here because it had expanded. We did not have an event place to have it because we didn't have room. Right. Uh, do you know roughly how many of these meals you guys, uh, you, you guys unload on a, uh, uh, during the events every year? Or I guess do you it, go by pounds? It would be in the thousands. Okay. Because uh, I know one person that sold about 1,200 tickets. Oh, my goodness. One person, 1,200 tickets. That's impressive. Uh, all right, so uh, you're, you're here all day, obviously. Have you been doing any of the, uh, the queue slinging in there as well, serving the queue, or are you, uh, are no, you public uh, relations? You're no, the face try, of the operation. Try to introduce our pretty ladies like Miss North Carolina, Miss Union County, and, and Miss Unionville, and then recognize all of our sponsors mm-hmm. and the key people like the county commissioner to provide this facility for us. And uh, this, this, the county commissioners really help us out on this thing, and we appreciate it. Okay. Reed Helms, uh, president of uh, Union County Crime Stoppers here at the Ag Center in Monroe until uh, 5 o'clock, barbecue, barbecue being served till 5 o'clock. Come on down, get you a plate, and help a, a, a local uh, good cause that helps solve crimes uh and that makes the community safer obviously and uh well that's a downside more people than want to live here you're going to get more people you realize that right if you make this too safe you're going to have more people coming here why do you think people cross into (laughs) union county i I know it (laughs) now guys let's be honest about the thing we've had radio coverage but i'm we y'all a large radio station Yes, it I've goes heard. back to Grady Cole days when you had a hundred, you had a hundred thousand watts. I Still believe. Still do, and you're a hundred years old. Yep, hundred years old. Yep. I remember as a kid, uh, when I that was when I was about three years old. Grady Cole was on, mm-hmm. and I know you've heard of Grady Cole. Yeah, he had a real coarse voice, and that was the only news on. Yeah, that was before you had to. I think I'm correct, saying Channel 3 mm-hmm. was the first TV station, and Channel 9 come later. Mm-hmm. But before that, that was the radio station if you wanted to. We had a local radio station, but it closed up at 5. Sure. A lot of them still do. Long time ago. Yeah. Y'all are the radio station on the East Coast. That is that is the truth. That's why we're all so uh, we're happy to be able to be a part of the this heritage. Um, and, yeah, 100 years. We just did the 100-year anniversary. Uh, knowledge. Y'all sent out a lot of lot of uh, uh, good information where it's at and all that. Where, now we do the uh, ads in the paper and we do it on our website and we put out brochures. But uh, when you when y'all play this thing up, it, it's great. It's great. Well, good. We're happy to be a part of it and we appreciate all that you've done, Reed Helms. Thanks for your time, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. News Talk eleven ten and ninety nine three WBT live from the thirty second annual Union County Crime Stoppers Barbecue. Want to welcome Todd Johnson, state senator here from uh, Union County. Yes, right. Sir. How long have you been in uh, in the Senate now? Uh, just completed my fifth year. 
And those are uh, two-year terms, two year so terms. ten years in Raleigh, and they still haven't. No, fifth year, so second, oh, two and a half terms. Two and a half, okay, I was yeah. going to say de- a decade, and you yeah. still haven't you still haven't bailed. That's <laughs> impressive. Uh, so, all right. So, as a uh, state senator, is it just Union County? Uh, I have uh, most of a lot of Union County, and then a par- very small portion of Cabarrus County. Okay. So I have the Midland area of Cabarrus County, sure. which changes a little bit next year. I'll end up or, uh, with the redistricting. I'll have a, a little bit of Midland and then Harrisburg. Part of okay. Harrisburg. So, and uh, I have mostly north and western part of Union County. So, technically, where we're sitting right now is is not in not in the district. Which, oh, okay. Which comes so as a shock. You're poaching, you're poaching votes here, uh, or something. You know, I still <laughs> uh, my colleague Senator Craven, who's out of Ash, Ashboro, he represents this part. I said, look. I want to. I'm going to represent all of Union County. I mean, right. It's it's my home, and so folks here still call me, and and we've got a good. Well, it's like they get an extra senator. Yeah, sure. There you go. They get like one and a half senators <laughs> or something. All right. So um, what? So what are the lineup for us? Union County biggest issues that uh, that can be addressed in Raleigh for for Union County, and then what are the issues that Raleigh is going to be looking at at least from the Senate side in this. Uh, upcoming term. Sure. Uh, I think Union County, with our high growth, the number one issue we face all the time, and it has been for a number of years, is transportation, uh, road infrastructure, infrastructure in general. Uh, in addition to that, uh, water sewer capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, w- with high growth becomes a demand on services, and so we have to make sure that we are uh, open for business because the industry is very important so we can continue to, to grow our economy. We've got a great economy here, but we, you know, we like the idea, no offense to my friends in Mecklenburg County, County, but we want people to live here, but we also want them to work here. Yeah. So uh, if we can keep those tax dollars here in the county and, and have the money spent here, that's our goal. But if we don't have the jobs and don't have uh, opportunities for folks to both live and work here, so it's incumbent upon the state delegation to really focus on the infrastructure dollars, which we've we've, we've uh, made a pretty good attempt over the last few years to do. Right, because otherwise you're just a, quote, bedroom community of Charlotte, and then you, you've got and look my uh, my wife she when we first met she lived in Monroe she lived right uh, Seacrest shortcut she lived right off of 74 and she, her commute and this was almost 20 years ago sure. and back then it was an hour yeah, and it, now it's probably two I don't even know it's it's it, it, it because everybody starts moving here and when they do so now if the jobs are located outside of you know the the county, then you're having to leave, right? Well, and, and a lot of the folks that have been here for a number of years. I've lived in Union County for 25 years, probably. Yeah, right at 25 years. And and folks, we love live. We we choose to live in rural North Carolina. I don't live here because I have to. I live in rural North Carolina because I love to, and I love uh, this part. So there's a there's a there's a balance between you know staying rural and and having that small hometown feel, but then also you, if you're not growing, you're dying. So you you got to strike that balance. So the, the key is, ultimately, um, we want to make sure that our infrastructure and our roads can keep up with the growth. So most folks that have issues with the growth, it's not necessarily about, oh, my goodness, here's a home, because that person probably was moved in. They were the growth two years prior mm-hmm. or five years prior, but making sure that we have the capacity to, to be have safe roads and have jobs here. So uh, we have, in Union County have had an um, uncanny ability at putting the cart before the horse, throwing up the houses, and then trying to backfill with the infrastructure. I think everybody does that. It, it seems like they do. It's <laughs> it's not it's not the best way to do it. And I think the I think there's been a, a, a paradigm shift there where the mentality is starting to think, hey, let's think about the infrastructure first. Um, but we got to do some backfilling. Uh, yeah. Before we so uh, this is a question I ask because look at Mecklenburg County, Charlotte specifically, Republicans helped to build that city for decades. Sure. And 
then it was so successful that everybody moved here from somewhere else, and then Republicans are kicked out. Right. And they are not able to participate in their local government any longer, and so they move to Union County. So the question I ask a lot of people uh, is, why should Republicans help build cities or counties? Why should they help in that growth effort at all if it means they're going to be shut out and have to move? Well, I think if you, I think about Field of Dreams, if you build it, they will come, and, and you hit on a good point. So a lot of folks in Union County are not from here, and especially our western part, the Weddington, Marvin, Indian Trail areas, great areas to call home, uh, but they're very transient areas. So it is a very common thing to see someone from the Northeast or from another part of the country that moved to Charlotte because they hear Charlotte's such a great area. They survived there about two to three years, the taxes, the politics, the crime, etc. And then they come to either Union County, Gaston County, or Cabarrus County because they can't they can't make it there. They, they would rather. Yeah. Uh, it, it's almost like we're what they were hearing about. It reminds me of the uh, Saturday Night Live clip uh, where they were introducing Charlotte as the gateway to Gastonia. Yes. <laughs> and so it's kind of <laughs> like that where uh, folks move in and they hear about such a great area. But then when they go and they see the high taxes and the crime and, and the traffic. And yeah. et cetera, so they want to go on to the to the outskirts. And, and so we have to figure out a way to kind of keep those core values in place. So, um but then also encourage growth and free markets. That's what so I mean. It's, 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 it's a fine line. How do you do that? But yeah. at the end of the day, good conservatives are going to be conservative. And, and at the end, if it bites you, it, it's it's not necessarily good. But we're going to do what we're supposed to do, and we're going to stay true to that. State Senator Todd Johnson from Union County. Uh, nice to see you. Nice to, to meet you. you. Yeah, thanks Pleasure for coming by. I appreciate it. Thanks and for taking it easy on me. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, I did no prep at all. So that was, uh, that's that why was you the got plan. We easy. didn't want to give you a heads up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's nice to meet you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for your time. Thanks for your that's service up there in Raleigh as well. Appreciate it. Let's head over to uh, to news.